On this podcast, I profile people who have changed history and culture, and all these people had one thing in common. They were all gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. My name is Frank Howard, and welcome to Gay of the Day. I realize on a few of these, I've said, well, when I was here or there, I visited his or her home or where they dined or whatnot. Hope it doesn't come across as boastful. I just love to travel. It's why I have no savings. I eke out a meager living so I can afford expensive perfume, a fully stocked bar, at a vacation every year. I've just returned from a European holiday. One of the places we stayed was the seaside Sicilian village, Chafalu. In Chafalu, there is a sunken, deserted monastery, now known simply as the Abbey of Thelema. The word abbey is loosely used, as it's really just a small, dilapidated house, once owned by infamous occultist Aleister Crowley. Secret ceremonies attempting to summon spirits and demons were performed there. During my brief visit to the house, I was actually walking in the footsteps of today's gay. No, I'm not doing Aleister Crowley. Not today. No, today's gay was and is a disciple of Aleister Crowley and visited the Abbey of Thelema many times. His own legend was forged in summoning cinematic demons. The inventor of queer cinema and hero to Andy Warhol, John Waters, David Lynch, and Martin Scorsese. Filmmaker and author Kenneth Anger. Born Kenneth Engelmeyer in 1927, his father worked near Hollywood at Douglas Aircraft, which meant Anger attended school in Beverly Hills with all of the movie star's children. Shirley Temple sat next to him in class. His grandmother lived nearby, and it was she who encouraged the young Anger to dance, paint, and write. She also helped finance his first films. Anger made his film debut at age seven as the fairy prince in Max Reinhardt's wondrous A Midsummer Night's Dream from 1935. Warner Brothers records discount this claim made by Anger, but I want to believe it's true. Whoever is portraying the fairy prince looks exactly like him. This spellbinding movie seems the perfect cinematic entrance for the future prince of film sorcery. By age 10, he was making his own short films, which means he's been directing films for 80 years. That has to be some sort of record. It was at age 18, consumed by gay masturbatory daydreams, 
that he conceived the film that would make him famous. Fireworks. Made in his garage one weekend while his parents were away, it's a silent film in which a teenager, played by Kenneth Anger, masturbates and fantasizes being gang-raped and killed by a group of sailors. By the time the film was assembled and exhibited in 1947, Anger was 19, out on his own, and had legally changed his last name to Anger, saying it was more memorable. In the audience at that first screening was director James Whale, who, as some of you know, directed Frankenstein. Sex researcher Alfred Kinsey, who'd become one of Anger's closest friends and something of a father figure. And of course, Anger's adoring grandmother, Bertha. Anger was immediately arrested on obscenity charges, and the case eventually went to the California Supreme Court. Anger won his case. The court deemed fireworks art, not pornography. The film and the court ruling got Anger a lot of publicity. And soon, he was living in Paris at the behest of Henri Langlois, where he had a three-year residency at the Cinématique Française. He became close friends with Jean Cocteau and writer Jean Genet. Genet was inspired by Anger to write and direct a film of his own, a graphic homoerotic art film called Un Chant d'Amour, or Song of Love, from 1950. That film is quite famous, and similar in many ways to Anger's fireworks. Even though it is credited to Genet, this was his first and only film, many speculate that Cocteau did most of the actual filming, with Anger editing. Genet's film erroneously gets credit for being the first gay art film even though it came three years after Kenneth Anger's fireworks. Anger returned stateside in 1953, where his filmmaking became more extreme and experimental, often incorporating Anger's interests besides gay sex, like Satanism, mysticism, paganism, thelemism, and classic Hollywood iconography. He directed a series of hallucinogenic films that are the closest film has ever come to portraying dream state. Puce Moment from 1949, Rabbit's Moon from 1950, The Inauguration of the Pleasure Dome from 1954, Scorpio Rising from 1963, Invocation of My Demon Brother from 1969, starring Manson family member Bobby Bolsillet. The film completed mere months before the helter-skelter ensued. And Lucifer Rising from 1972. Anger, with very limited funds and using every film trick up his sleeve, created films that seemed to exist on a plane between this and some other world. A world of 
sex, and magic. Making experimental short films doesn't usually pay the bills, and Anger spent much of the 1950s and 60s living off the largesse of friends and admirers. His finances were to improve greatly in the mid-70s when his gossip book, Hollywood Babylon, was published and went on to sell millions of copies. This led to a best-selling sequel. Many of the book's claims have been debunked, but the book's success was such that some of the seedy Hollywood anecdotes Anger dreamt up are now believed to be true by the general public. It's difficult to tell when Anger is being truthful. He's very shifty in interviews, contradicting himself time and again. He's still furiously making films, though has not released anything since Lucifer Rising for some unknown reason. Kenneth Anger turned 91 this year. Still physically and mentally vigorous, he credits his health and long life to lots of gay sex. Also, to Satan, I assume. Today's gay filmmaker Kenneth Anger. Gave the Day's theme is composed and performed by Swick. That's C-W-I-O-K. Check out their Bandcamp page. My name is Frank Howard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.